we see you, the king of the ring and the prince of dark matter, bring you this public service announcement. Welcome to Cheap Podcast episode number 56. This is the unprofessional podcast about professional wrestling. I am your host, Dave Ultima Rudden. And I am Henry G1 Gilbert. <laughs> That's spelled G, it's its lead spelling, G1LB3RT. This episode is going to be a, a, a mix of both indie stuff, non-American wrestling, mm-hmm. and... Of course, WWE in the second half because we've got two big events coming up this weekend. But it's a little counter-programming, too, to the biggest uh, party of the summer. Yeah. Uh, I mean, these things wrapped up a couple... I mean, in the case of Ultima Lucha, a a week or two ago. Mm -hmm. But G1 Climax literally just climaxed this weekend. (laughs) Yes. Uh, uh, So this is is what... It's like a a two- or three-week-long tournament. Okay, yeah. Well, let's just get into it. All right, so New Japan Pro Wrestling, Shinihan Puro Res. I'd say globally, it is number two to WWE. It has the best roster of pure wrestling on in the planet. Honestly, they don't wrestle. They have too many people. They they have too many people to wrestle each other. And every year since 1991, and this is so this is the 25th. They do this uh, called the G1 Climax. It is a tournament, but it's not a round robin tournament in that style. It is actually like a very complicated. Points-based tournament <laughs> where you have the A and the B block. It's it's uh, 32 guys in a series of nights for over mm-hmm. a month. They had everybody in the A block face each other once, mm-hmm. and everybody in the B block face each other once. And then the winner, the person who had each each win, gets you a certain amount of points. A draw gets you another number of points. A loss mm-hmm. gets you no points. And by the end of it. The person with the most points in each block faces off against each other. And the winner will get to main event or you end up getting a money in the bank briefcase, basically, yeah. that will that can be put on the line. But that means you get to be in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom, their equivalent okay. of WrestleMania, which is in five months. So that's it's a bit more of a of a break between Royal Rumble and, yeah. and WrestleMania. Consistently, like the last few years, it's been some of the best wrestling on mm-hmm. on the planet in in a month long time frame, because you have all these guys who are great, but they often don't have a singles match of consequence mm-hmm. until a big event. A lot of the other times, they just have a bunch of tag matches that like lead up to the event. And meanwhile, on this one, every night you had these amazing never before seen matchups or these classic matches that like hadn't happened in a while and yeah. so and this even included the world champion Kazuchika Okada mm-hmm. the former world champion AJ Styles the ace of New Japan who's basically their John Cena mm-hmm. though he also is like more talented than John Cena Hiro- Hiroshi Tanahashi and Shinsuke Nakamura the best 
wrestler all around in the world. Mm-hmm. Like he, the best performer. He has the most charisma, and he is the best. He is the most skilled. And, yeah. And on top of that, you had uh, second tier guys who I love, like uh, Hiroki Goto, uh, uh, Shibata, Kota Ibushi. And from ROH, Michael Elgin, who is, he was amazing. He's was, I don't know how much you've seen Michael Elgin in ROH, but he's basically this old school style strong man who also, when he wants to, can do a crazy top rope thing. Like he, he does a lot of, he does a couple Cesaro type moves that are just like, this is a deadlift yeah. uh, type thing, but he does it. He does it while being like basically this barrel-chested, monstrous Canadian dude. In the past, I've seen New Japan only knows how to boo foreigners, and that's kind of why they stuck them all together in the Bullet Club. Mm-hmm. But Michael Elgin isn't that. He just impressed them with so much great work that they they came to even start chanting his name nearing the end of the the end of the event. And so anyway, this didn't watch every single one because there seriously were too yeah. many events. And a lot of them were filmed. That's one thing. Like New Japan's production values don't get close to WWE's mm-hmm. because they don't have the camera work. They don't have. I've seen a couple times where the cameraman just like completely misses a move that's like almost the finishing move of the match, or could have <laughs> been a good, a good false. Was this even close to like Wrestle Kingdom? It like, is close. the The main event like, was close, and they they had several major matches. But meanwhile, yeah. they had about half of them were filmed in this very cost-effective way, which was just, it is one camera. And mm-hmm. it is basically the um, the central camera yeah. in a Raw match, yeah. or on Raw. The hard and camera. It, the hard camera from Raw, except it doesn't move at all. Yeah. It is just stuck there. So it's basically like a single-camera live stream of an event, wow. really, with no commentary. Oh, wow. Uh, but you still get to see great, great matches. Yeah. And there's often very surprising wins and stuff too that's another reason to watch it and you get to see matchups that rarely happen and you get to see like uh say the world champion face the intercontinental champion Mm -hmm. and the intercontinental champion shocked the world by beating him and and there was also the story of this guy called honma i guess he tries to look like hulk hogan sometimes even goes by honma mania Mm -hmm. but he's also this ex extreme wrestler who has like Dusty Rhodes style cut up forehead mm-hmm. and he actually talks like this and mm. he talks like this because they crushed his he got his larynx yeah. crushed in a match once uh, but his thing is that he the flying he, headbutt guy yeah he's yeah. the flying headbutt guy Honma the Kokeshi headbutt mm-hmm. and he's the loser he loses yeah. all the time but the, everyone wants him to win <laughs> so bad and so when he got his first and only win of the entire <laughs> tournament it was an amazing wow. thing but anyway so then we get to the finals so you get to the finals and really the quarterfinals or whatever to set up who would be in the finals, those were like Wrestle Kingdom worthy main events anyway. You had Tanahashi versus AJ Styles, and those two have great chemistry together. And this was kind of Tanahashi trying to get revenge on a loss to AJ, and he did it. And then meanwhile, in the B block, the finals were uh, to, to win the B block was Nakamura versus Okada. Mm-hmm. And those two, again... Two of the best in the world. The best. And it was Okada who beat Nakamura last year in the finals to win. And that uh-huh. finals was in like my top two or three, maybe mm. even one match of the year last year. And this rematch was close to that. Hmm. Anyway, Nakamura wins his match. He gets revenge on losing to Okada last year. It sets up for Nakamura Tanahashi, which they then set up as like the equivalent of Randy Orton and John Cena, basically. They're like these guys mm-hmm. have these guys came up together. Mm-hmm. 
and they show like basically 15 years of them wrestling each other close to, or close to it and then when they they have their match it is it is a very very good match with a couple of false finishes that were that really got me and i was like oh he kicked <laughs> out kind of things and it had this great finish where tanahashi does the high his move called the high fly flow which is a frog splash mm-hmm. He has to be the most surgically accurate frog splasher in the world. Wow. Like, I'd say, okay, so I'd say I think the best frog splash ever was Eddie, Eddie Guerrero's. Yeah. I think the one who had the most wildest but 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 uh, powerful was mm-hmm. Rob Van Dam's. Mm-hmm. Tanahashi, he can do it. He does it like a cross body, and he hits every time. And I sometimes wow. see him going for them. From like this is an angle you can't hit a frog splash, and then he somehow just spins his body <laughs> in midair to do it perfect. Yeah. And the finish of the match is him. He'd hit him with multiple frog splashes, and he hit two frog splashes in a row. When you get two high fly flows in a row, normally that's the end. Nakamura yeah. kicked out of that. Wow. And so then Nakamura is coming up to the second rope to try to do a top rope finisher to him. He gets knocked back, and then Tanahashi jumps midair on a falling Nakamura for a high-fly flow. And it was an incredible finish. Though people on Reddit were saying this after, and I was saying this before, that with Tanahashi, it is a little bit of lol Cena wins. Because Tanahashi loses more often than Cena, but when it is a major match, it's the same as like, Oh, John, The Rock is going to be the main event of WrestleMania. I wonder who will win the Royal <laughs> Rumble. I don't know. But the very nature of this tournament is like it, it's almost impossible to win every single match in your yeah. block. So, like, this guy, even this guy lost a bit on the way. It would be unprecedented to lose every time in your block. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's kind of it. Uh, last year's was still, the last year's final yeah. was still better. It had a bigger crowd, a more into it crowd. And Nakamura Okada was such a great match. But this match was awesome, too. And I also say the big difference between this year and last year was they had they have their own streaming service now. Mm-hmm. They have New Japan World. Before it would have cost you hundreds yeah, of dollars. Yeah, I remember they had like on Ustream or something. And yeah, if you wanted to watch a shitty Ustream of it once, yeah. it would cost you hundreds of dollars. But meanwhile, to watch this entire month of it costs 999 yen, which with the current exchange rate was like $8.20. Mm-hmm. Which is an amazing deal for so much incredible wrestling. And I still suggest to anybody who wants to get into New Japan, this is the this was the time to do it. They kind of have a little quiet period for about three months while the guys recover from such a lengthy tour. Yeah. And uh, that's also the thing. They don't work guys to death. In, <laughs> uh, like, there's not the Raw the next day. Sometimes they do have the equivalent of a Raw the next day, but not in this case. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you can just watch all those. You'll get introduced. to. Uh, you'll get to see the wrestling styles of all the most important people in New Japan. And you also, one last thing that I loved about this was the setup of Tetsuya Naito. Mm-hmm. He, he made a heel turn and a real great heel turn because he Naito was kind of supposed to be if I could make an equivalent, do you remember when Randy Orton was pushed too hard early as like, like when he beat Benoit at SummerSlam, yeah. just like this guy's the future and people just turned on him. Yeah. Like, man, fuck you. Or it was kind of the Roman Reigns situation too. They, Naito won the G1 climax a couple of years back and New Japan thought they were making this big new star. Stardust genius was his nickname. <laughs> And they thought he was going to be their next big star. But people, the fans didn't like him. And they, in fact, had a fan poll. He was supposed to, so he was going to main event their WrestleMania. Mm -hmm. And the fans were so not into it that they had a fan poll. And 
his world championship match got downgraded to the second from the top card while the IC title got defended in the first slot. So that was just seen as like, from then on, Naito was just like, eh, he couldn't make it. He couldn't make it. He's, he's the all would have been. Then he goes to Mexico for a couple months, does some wrestling there, comes back and he's now a bad guy. And he's, he comes to the ring in this like completely black, business like suit mm-hmm. like three-piece suit wearing this metal mask and when he's in the ring he just acts like the laziest like layabout ever like <laughs> he'll he'll do a sliding drop kick and then just lay on his side with his head on his hands like you on <laughs> and he also is doing stuff that like bad guys eat most bad guys who are japanese in japan never do which is telling these old guys who should retire that they are old and should retire <laughs> which like that is very disrespectful yeah. and so the whole audience is like booing the shit out of him he's respect so, his employer i know yeah. he's not respecting <laughs> his employer so yeah it's his 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 change is great and who he's going to face he's going to be facing shibata and they're they're a great combination to segue into the other thing mm. we were going to talk about also at G1 Climax was a um, the junior heavyweight, mm-hmm. you know, cruiserweight title, you'd say, yeah. defense, which was Kushida, the uh, Back to the Future wrestler. Okay. He defends, he's defending the title against Ricochet, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Prince Puma. And Ricochet, like he is, he may be the most talented just athlete mm-hmm. in all of wrestling. He does shit that should just be impossible. I, the one that always gets me that I can't understand how he does it is his like 460 senton, which or no, yeah. it's like no, it's like a 520 senton. Mm-hmm. It's like a 450 splash, and then he spins one more time uh-huh. onto his back to hit you with a senton. And when you see it, you're like, you can't do that. <laughs> Humans can't do that. And uh, it was a really great match, and I think because Ricochet is freed up at the moment, mm-hmm. he's returned to he's wrestled all around the world. Mm-hmm. I don't know why WWE didn't pick him up, but he's wrestled all around the world. And now that he's done with Lucha Underground for the time being, he is now back in New Japan wrestling it up. And so, yeah, again, it's real easy to sign up in uh, on New Japan World for, as an English speaker for the, for mm-hmm. it. They have a Google Translate, which does a good enough job. Yeah. And yeah, I, I mean, you. The only downside is watching it live means staying up till two in the morning. Mm-hmm. But uh, you just watch it in the morning, you know. Big thumbs up to the G One Climax. A plus, uh, A minus show. I I don't want to say A plus because last year's show was an A plus. This yeah. was an A minus. I think I had the same sort of feeling about Ultima Lucha. Just oh, like yeah? so, there's a app on the Xbox One called Sling that had a free mm-hmm. month. So I decided to oh, I if I start this like. A day or two before, like the month, but that where Ultima Lucha happens, I can mm-hmm. watch like a bunch of episodes for free, and I, I did that, and I got to watch like maybe the five or six weeks like leading up to Lucha Underground, which had some great matches, and I had all you had also sh- like posted and just like, uh, well, like tweeted the Iron about Man some, match. Between, Iron Man match yeah. was great. The Grave Consequences match was great, and mm-hmm. Ultima Lucha had some pretty good matches, but didn't quite match up to you know what they've been doing yeah. before well they've been thro- like, they were throwing everything they could at the wall like mm. because they they are they are wrestling like there's no tomorrow there and because there may well not be a tomorrow though they seem pretty sure there will be one yeah it's still in that weird zone where they haven't 
committed to a season two yet. Mm-hmm. It seems like it's almost a done deal. They just need a, like another partner. I do wish Netflix would just like people. That was the big push on Reddit. I saw that like Netflix for Ultimate uh, for Lucha Underground. Like if they just got the first season of Lucha Underground on Netflix, that'd be fantastic. You know, and and like first run Lucha Underground matches. But I think that would like it would break. It would, unless they actually posted like 30 episodes at yeah, once. They, it, they can't really, yeah. can't do a whole season at once of Lucha Underground. Yeah, I mean, that is like the big push right now is Netflix or like Ultima Lucha or Lucha Underground on Netflix. And it doesn't quite fit because it's got to be a weekly show. I Honestly, like it would be great for Hulu, but Hulu already has wrestling on it. Mm. Uh, got, they're pretty closely tied with WWE. So yeah, yeah I... I would hope they could at least get the first season yeah. on Netflix to expose a lot of people to it. I've also heard people say like if they could just get on Univision, yeah. that would be like that'd be good. That'd be it. That'd be the end because yeah. they they record the, they apparently record the shows like bilingually. Yep. Like not just that, you know, Paraguayo will come out and just speak Spanish and it'll be subtitled, but also the um the ring uh, the announcer will say, "Oh yeah, the next yeah. lucha, blah, blah," and then she will say it again in Spanish. Yeah, but okay. Like, but what happened at Ultima Lucha? Though? So it was it was broken up into two weeks. So yeah, yeah, it was like equivalent of three hours, but like a one hour and then a two hour, right? Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. <clears throat> yeah. So it was a it was a two week event, like uh, airing back to back weeks on on El Rey, um, and and the first week was a little bit underwhelming actually there was a mm-hmm. there were three matches and they didn't really feature a lot of talent that uh that i had seen a lot of like in general and on lucha underground uh so the the opening match was the mac versus cage which was mm-hmm. a a great match like it was a hardcore match so they fought <laughs> yeah. throughout the the arena and like the popular gift that came out of that was uh the mac was uh he did a stunner on <laughs> on right. cage after drinking a beer and yep. it and uh, what should have been egregious product placement, like they he was drinking Miller Lite, and so were the announcers during mm. the event. But uh, you know, that's another thing that, like, if that's what Ultima Lucha has to do to survive, I'm totally Fuck. for it. Yeah, and like I, Miller Lite, that's totally. When fine. they can like sell a, beer while WWE is like only sugary, only sodas, yeah. man. No, I I love I like Willie Mac. Uh, loves this strong mm. word. I like Millie Mac a lot because he is. He, his body type just says, like, yeah, I'm kind of a chunky dude. Yeah. But then he just does his, like, somersaults and flying yeah. shit. And then meanwhile, like, Cage is, he honestly, like, I I am certain he is, the wellness tests would never <laughs> allow him to work in WWE. But he is great. He is great. So the uh, the next match that they had was Drago versus Hernandez, which was a a believers backlash match. They have so where many people, names for these yeah, matches. people people in the audience basically just had straps that they <laughs> hit people right. with. It was but a it, lumberjack match, yeah. yeah, but with fans, so mm-hmm. it was weird because like the only ones they interacted with were obviously plants, and mm. it, I don't know, yeah. it, it just it came off a match that was I would say better and made a better use of like the outside of the ring mm. and like oh, going throughout Drago. the temple, like yeah, it was a uh, I don't know, it just didn't quite. Hernandez, I'm not the biggest fan of. He's just yeah. like this scuzzy dude. I was never into him, and he was in ho- Homicide was his tag team in mm-hmm. TNA, right? I eh. was, was he? Yeah, he was. All, he was the one who was like he he went back to TNA. Yeah, and fucked they, them. Yeah, and screwed them over because like they. He, I guess he, his contract didn't allow it, but he, he didn't said, tell yeah. them. So he thought his contract was done because he had he, he just, filmed he had, everything, yeah. but they told him 
he didn't realize they said, well, no, you can't appear on anything else until Ultima Lucha is aired. Yeah. And uh, he didn't know that and just fucked TNA hard. Like, that could be the last nail in the coffin for TNA. That yeah. thing. Which, I don't know, like, fine, he lied to TNA. I don't fucking care. Like, TNA, they have lawyers. They have business people that yeah. call. Like, before yeah. you write up this thing and put him on television, just double check. That's why you're employed. Yeah. The, like, yeah. the fact that that was, was, like, reportedly what got MVP fired. Yeah. Because... Yeah, like it's not MVP's fault. He just asked, are, "Dude, are you free? He was doing Come them a wrestle fucking for favor. us." Yeah, like, it's not his job yeah. to like to check Hernandez's business. Yeah, whatever. But the uh, so the highlight of the first night of Ultima Lucha was, I guess that's night that night's main event, uh, a trios championship match. Oh yeah. Which first of all, trios is like a thing that WWE should have done a while ago. Mm-hmm. Back when they had a lot of three man teams like yeah. the Shield and the Wyatt Family and Evolution and like. Uh, groups of three that they would just throw against the shield. Mm-hmm. Like those were some of the the best pay per view matches of like yeah. 2013 and 2014. <sighs> I miss those. Or sorry, Lucha Underground actually has a title based on this. That's this mm-hmm. six man tag title, and uh, it was uh, the trio of Son of Havoc, Angelico, and Ivelisse against Helico. And Helico, sorry. Uh, who have like this weird love triangle thing going on? That's yeah, kind of entertaining. It's very like, strange. The 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 backstage stuff. Should be like cheesy, but it's not. It works. It's like uh-huh. almost like a soap opera, no, but yeah. and, and it's overblown. And like, there's a character that turns into a dragon, and and crazy. characters get murdered, like yeah. straight up murdered on the show. That's what I, I, uh, yeah, that is one thing I love about the show. Yeah. And that I heard the producer or the exec producer of the show talk about with Stone Cold on his podcast yeah. was like, it's not reality era. They're not trying to pretend that like the yeah. guy you meet in real life is the same dude, like. They've just cut it off completely. Like, no, this is we cast wrestlers in the characters we create, yeah. and then they tell stories and we film it like a TV show. Which is it? It works. It's like pulpy and you know entertaining. Whereas I'm like I think of backstage skits in WWE where things happen backstage and nobody remembers what that Ugh, like yeah. that sort of thing and the the. the TNA stuff where it's like it's always behind that same like staircase that always the same backstage area because I guess they're always fighting in the impact zone uh-huh. but it's just like I I get so bored watching backstage skits in those two organizations mm-hmm. but with Lucha Underground it's like it is the like the highest uh, caliber hi- highest cal yeah yeah like the the most work goes into filming those things and mm-hmm. it's almost like the wrestling is the wrestling is great but like filming yeah. the wrestling it's just like yeah no and what I also love about it too is that they're not they're not trying to be a fucking reality show, which yeah. is what you realize when you see it compared to WWE and all, and even worse, TNA. Yeah. They are trying to be like, no, we're a reality show. Like, well, you're a bad reality show then. Yeah. You're not like this. They also, Dario Cueto is, yeah. I think he's the best authority figure in wrestling since Vince McMahon yeah. or Mr. McMahon. Yeah. Like, he is such a great snob. He's such mm-hmm. a piece of shit. Yeah. And he is loving it so much. Yeah. And But he also, unlike Mr. McMahon, He's not trying to show off that he's buffer than somebody yeah. else who's like, oh, I'm so great. I'm Mr. McMahon. He's like, yeah, you could beat me up, yeah. but I'm also this rich guy, and I yeah. maybe have a, a mafia connection. Yeah, like, he'll do, he'll resort to bribery. I mm-hmm. Like, I saw that happen a lot where, like, a big dude will come in and, like, I want this. And he'll be like, well, how about if I give you this? Mm-hmm. And sometimes he'll turn it down, sometimes he'll take it. Like, that's how big Rick got into this <laughs> uh, match in the second night where he's yeah. just like, I want a match. And he's like... You're very big, so yes, take the, take this, please. 
Uh, uh, but all right, I've been, I've been, I want to hear more about. Well, that. actually, speaking of reality TV, two of the uh, of the three members of the champions, the, mm-hmm. the both Son of Havoc and Ivalice, were on the the previous season of Tough Enough back oh, when yeah? Stoke Cold hosted. Oh, okay. Uh, and Son of Havoc is probably my favorite dude in. I love that uh, guy. Yeah, yeah. So like he was for the longest time like one of the bigger underdogs. He has and, a crazy beard. Okay. Yeah, and well, he wears a mask too, so it kind of like works together mm-hmm. weirdly. The the story that he has with his other two partners, it's the most grounded. It's <laughs> there's no like supernatural elements really. It's just like three people who are friends who have like kind of a weird dynamic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but they face the disciples of death who are like part of a uh, Mil Mortis's faction mm-hmm. of just they are the supernatural. Like th- these are three masked characters that just. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of the ministry of darkness, a yeah. little bit, I'd say. And uh, like, actually, I was kind of surprised. Like, the disciples of death won. Like, I didn't know anything going in. They, they film these they way, a long time ago. Yeah, so the spoilers were out there. But I thought like these three masked characters that don't really have much of a gimmick on their own. Like, mm-hmm. they're almost like the putties from, <laughs> uh, or like the Foot Clan, because uh-huh. you can't really tell any of them apart. Are they also? They kind of rem- their setup kind of reminds me of when. You can tell Sheldon Benjamin and Charlie yeah. Haas apart, but they were just brought in by Kurt Angle to be like, hey, these guys are like me, but junior versions. Yeah. Now they're going to win the tag titles. Yeah. See ya. It's it's the same kind of deal of just being so imprinted yeah. by a big guy that they're just awesome because a big guy is awesome, says they are. Mm-hmm. Did Al Halkel do anything crazy in that match? Because uh, uh, he's the guy who, if yeah. you've seen the gif, he's the one who had... I'd say like a Mick Foley worthy jump. Yeah. Like he he does a running just dive onto two guys in the mm-hmm. match where they won the trio's title. It was incredible. I can't remember exactly what it was, but he he did something high risk that ended up messing up at the end, and mm-hmm. that's why his team got pinned. As Jared would and, say, that's why they call it high risk. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the second night started off with probably the most high profile match. To anyone who doesn't like follow lucha underground closely oh, the wwe the but wwe yes. matched uh johnny mundo against alberto el patron aka john morrison versus alberto del rio yes. and it actually had even more wwe <laughs> tie-ins that uh, the match ended i did not recognize with, her at the end with, there I yeah interference say. by uh uh what was it Melina? Melina, yeah. yeah Melina. So she was the other M in M&M. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other one was Johnny Mercury, who just seems weird. And like, Joey, when Mercury. You, Joey Mercury, sorry. When you go back and watch it, like, this guy is not handsome. They fooled or, us into thinking yeah. he was handsome. Like, <laughs> you see John Morrison, and you're like, yeah, this is a handsome guy with, like, an amazing body. And this guy next to him, he has a good body, too. He must look the same. Not the case. <laughs> I did love there. Somebody needs to steal that... Um, Belts hanging like wagging dicks. Uh, <laughs> look, they did. Uh, though I also just remember Melina's like entrance was just like, "Hey, this is my mm-hmm. asshole." Like, mm-hmm. look, that was, that was yeah, to do that, the splits on the the ropes and like yeah. her T-shirt even mentioned that. So if they have a season two, she'll be doing that. And uh, I would hope she would do that. I mean, it's kind of her thing. I would be like, yeah. same with like John Johnny Mundo, not doing high flying stuff you know yeah and that is like i I really do like commentary in ultima or sorry i keep saying ultima lucha underground i thought like it's match striker and for every episode besides this very last one it was match striker and vampiro and i thought they had a good dynamic like vampiro's kind of like low-key and match striker just goes off the rails (laughs) at first i hated them together but i really they i really did get a dynamic between them and there is something, too, that's just exciting. Of Like, you're not being produced by Vince McMahon, which yeah. makes a gigantic difference. Yeah. Matt Stryker's saying shit that 
Like he just goes super deep into something that yeah. you feel like Vince would have told him, like, "Shut up, nerd." That, that, I, I, I like that. Like, <laughs> I he'll, like that too. he'll really sell the significance of a match, even if it's not the, the most important one. But he also does go overboard. Where, like, at the end of this match, Alberto El Patron was spanking uh, Molina, <laughs> and he was talking about like, "I'm gonna watch that later." I'm like Ooh. that is just, that is gross. That yeah. you should have better masturbation material than <laughs> than a guy get, like slapping a woman's ass on a wrestling and, show. And meanwhile, yeah. Vampiro, I at least liked that when he uh, when when he was the announcer, he would just go like, if something really impressed me, be like, holy shit, man, that was like <laughs> crazy. Whoa! Surprisingly, the match that entertained me the most was Vampiro against Pentagon Junior. Yeah, Pen- that was nuts. Yeah, nuts. Pentagon yeah. Junior is probably. Like, I know that there is the Mil Muertes and his, like, three cronies, and uh, I forget the name of his valet, who's, like, oh, basically uh, like a... She gives a kiss of death or the yeah, look of and, death. and um, she can basically it. disappear and reappear backstage yeah, at yeah. will. I think Pentagon Jr. is, like, the creepiest dude in all of oh, yeah. Lucha Underground, and, like, he spent the entire season, like, doing the bidding of this... His master. His He'd master. break people's arms for his master. Yeah, and he... Yeah, this match against Vampiro was really brutal, mm-hmm. like, very bloody... Lots of, you don't see it on TV. Like yeah. you never see this stuff on TV anymore. Yeah, a lot of uh, uh, even in the late nineties, yeah. you'd rarely see stuff like they pulled out the. They had fluorescent light tubes, which you never they, see. They in, used a lot of those, you, and you'd never see those outside of gra- uh, garbage wrestling, yeah. or, or backyard wrestling. And I think maybe it's that. That's the reason that I never really. Anytime I see it in a match, I'm like, eh, I bet those don't hurt. But this mm. match, like just the amount of bloodletting that it caused, and like getting slapped over people's backs it was really nasty mm-hmm. and yet it ended with pentagon jr winning but the big twist is vampiro is his at was his master and had to really his master all along yeah bit so, stupid but like nah, just in the yeah. context of it like the drama of him asking it. for his arm to be broken and then telling him like that's it you've done it like yeah. you've i like, love that yeah. honestly like and i think i like it more i i'm not gonna tell everything that was in it but you yeah. guys have got to listen to if you like that match you need to listen to the Steve Austin podcast with Vampiro part 1 yeah. because Vampiro goes deep into his whole his whole psychological mm. storytelling reasoning for doing it yeah. and why he wanted to put over Pentagon Jr so hard and why yeah. he came out of retirement and tore himself apart and one of the nuttiest bits in it was just him saying like how many times he thought I can't. I got to go all the way on this. The yeah. story has to have it go all the way. Mm-hmm. And one of the things was he said, like, okay, you got to hit me right over the eyebrow with yeah. this thing because then I'll bleed the most. And they're like, but but you'll really bleed. And, like, <laughs> I could fuck up your eyes. Like, I have to bleed a lot yeah. for this, to it, for it to matter. Yeah. And that's think, yeah. what Vampiro cares so much about storytelling. That's really good. It's, it, I can respect that quite a lot. Seeing him do on commentary for like weeks and weeks beforehand, I think like back when the show debuted, like seeing him on commentary for the first time, I'm like wow, he's really let himself go. Yeah, he's just a fat loser. But <laughs> he just he had an amazing match. Like it was a McFoley match where he doesn't have that like the the level of physicality that he had, you know, back when he was in WCW. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he just made up for it by bleeding a lot and getting, like, I thrown mean, around. That totally reminded me of late Mick... Uh, by late Mick Foley, I do not mean TNA. That yeah. that, that era of, yeah. T- of Mick Foley's career does not count. What I'm talking about is, is Mick Foley Orton, Mick Foley Edge. Mm-hmm. Like, that stuff was just, like, him him tearing apart his body to put over a new guy. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I loved, and that... It's one thing that annoys me kind of right now with what's going on with like Seth Rollins mm-hmm. is that 
and and other guys in WWE they can't elevate anybody. Yeah. And the reason they can't is because guys they don't have a Mick Foley there to lose to Triple H for six yeah. months straight, or they don't have a. Um, uh, Vampiro yeah. to be ripped apart by this guy to make to make Pentagon Junior and most bid. of their part timers win. Yeah, so, because they come yeah. in to say like, oh yeah, and I should also win at the end. Yeah, why? So I can be worth more as a part timer when I come back next time. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the next match was this crazy build up. It's uh, it was the Gift of the Gods match. Oh, that's so, yeah. The whole setup of that is yeah. Amazing. So over like the course of I think like a month, a various wrestlers would win these medallions and they never said what it was for mm-hmm. the I, I think it was Dario the would just give them yeah. out as with a wink and a nod well like or... sometimes most of the time they were for winning a match but mm-hmm. like with Big Rick he was just like here have it and yeah the I think the week before Ultima Lucha he revealed like no it's its own belt that has that the medallions are like magnetically sucked into and the person who has that belt can cash it in like money in the bank but even like kind of ribbed and said but I need time to promote my matches, so you'll have to say it at least a week ahead of time. I do, yeah. That was a great yeah. gimme of just like, yeah, you can't just like I'm not gonna just give away a match for free just because you say, oh, and I want a match right now, now, yeah. now, now. Like, yeah. no, Dario Quinto, he's a smarter businessman than that. I, I like that. Yeah. So the the participants were Big Rick, as I mentioned before, mm-hmm. Phoenix, yeah. Aerostar, Bengala, mm-hmm. King Cuerno, Jack Evans, and Sexy Star. I do like Sexy Star. It's yeah. still. I, I like Sexy Star, and I like that part of her character is like, I can keep up with the boys, and yeah. I'll wrestle as hard as them. But then there are sometimes, like, say when Big Rick just, yeah. like, hits her really hard, I'm like, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. Like, this just makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. I love Sexy Star, but this just, I'm not a fan. Yeah, I, but, I, don't, I don't know what the, it's a, it's a sticky situation. Yeah. I mean, even with, like, I, I don't think I caught every single match leading up to it. So a couple of these people were complete mysteries to me. And this is, I think, the Ultima Lucha equivalent of the WrestleMania match where they just throw everybody in to get everybody all paydays. Yeah. So we're like, Bengala is basically a like a luchador with like a fur, like a, oh, a, yeah, a tiger mask. Bengala, but it, it yeah. looks weird because he's tiny and he's got like, he's all... Now it, would be to, it would kind of be mean to say he's like the... Uh, El Torito, but he is like he is tiny, and he's got a ti- like a white tiger mask. So he's it's he's it's hard to take seriously. And like yeah. one of the people, I was like, yeah, you're not winning this match. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, Phoenix was the favorite. Like yeah. they almost in the run up to it, they almost stole like kicked him out of the match. Yeah, I think was he one of the ones who was killed or something? Like I forget no, what happened, no, but he was just was, off. He wasn't killed, but he was just kind of pushed away. Yeah, and I think right beforehand, Daria Quinta was like, oh, I'm gonna. If you don't wrestle in this match, I'm just going to take yeah. the medallion from you. And so he barely made uh, it in. But then he won the match. Yeah. Well, I remember he had, like, I think it was the week before Ultima Lucha. Like, he had to win a battle royal to get his back. Because yeah. I forget why it was taken from him. But anyway, like, so he also won the that match. Um, I mean, it was the one I anticipated the most. But I wouldn't say, like, what, an eight-man match. It's not a ladder match. So there aren't, you can't be guaranteed of the high spots. Mm-hmm. And, uh you know, there's a lot of the you have you have to believe that some some person got knocked out for an inordinate amount of time. Yeah, this and, time when they fell to the floor, yeah. it knocks them out for five minutes. Yeah, but yeah. Phoenix won, and I like the the rise of the Phoenix. Yeah. I'm, not <laughs> intended, but yeah. After, I mean, he was until the um, until the until the Morrison um, uh, hour long match. The Grave Consequences match was my favorite of mm-hmm. all of Lucha Underground, and Phoenix won that against Mil Muertes, uh, who then he's come back with a vengeance, that mm-hmm. guy. 
Blue Demon Jr. against Texano Jr. in a notice qualification match. Which Blue Demon and Tejano. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's been a while since it happened, so okay. I've, I've lost all of the pronunciation. Pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. Um, you, you pronunciated that right. <laughs> um, yeah, this was another one that just kind of fell flat for me, mm-hmm. wh- where it was it was about, like, pride about over Mexico. I think, yeah, like, Texano is kind of... A proud Mexican and Blue Demon turned on him a, a few weeks earlier, but it, it feels more it, like just the the buffer match between Gift of the Gods and the main event. Yeah, and a lot of people pit, like pointed out that Texano Jr. was basically playing Alberto Del Rio's role until mm-hmm. Alberto Del Rio got signed by Lucha Underground, where and at that point it just kind of became he still did the same thing, but it's like well. Alberto is basically the same kind of wrestler you are, but better. So, yeah. like, didn't Patron like, didn't Patron do most of his matches in a t-shirt? Which I remember, remember. watching his first match in a t-shirt. Now I hate when like he yeah. uh, came back, but you didn't get your body. Like you didn't, you're not as ripped as you want to be. So you wear a t-shirt. Yeah. Like, come on, dude, take this seriously, man. You should have realized when you yeah. quit WWE, like work out more and hey you're off the wwe wellness policy just you know, <laughs> take some more stuff who yeah. cares well like think i think the big rumor is that ray mysterio will probably be on lucha underground season two if it happens so you'll have to get he, used to a lot of t-shirt wrestling he well he fucking well, better be like yeah. he's though maybe he wants too much money like he also mysterio is in like this incredible position mm-hmm. where he really is I'd say in America, in mm-hmm. North America, the most famous uh, Hispanic wrestler yeah. there is who's at least still operating. Yeah. And he has the bonus of, like, he owns his name. Mm-hmm. He doesn't even have to change his name. Yeah. He's like, I'm Rey Mysterio. Baby, I spell it slightly differently, but that's that's yeah. it. <laughs> and he is a WWE, former WWE champion. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, he's he's great, though I do wonder how long he can wrestle before his knee explodes yeah. again. Well, he's rested that knee for a while. So, I guess, hopefully. but I've seen him come back so many times. Like he's back, his knee's all better. <laughs> two months later, he needs to get the fiftieth surgery yeah. on that knee. All right, so let's move on to the main event, which was Prince Puma against Mil Muertes yeah. for the Lucha Underground Championship. Mm-hmm. Again, not going in without any, you know, prior <coughs> knowledge of the spoilers. I actually I expected Prince Puma to win. You think like they would end the entire season on. A positive, like that's yeah. how they end WrestleMania on a on a happy note. And then you know, with the previous week, uh, Mil Muertes' cronies winning a title, I thought like, eh, they're not gonna put the, all the titles on the same faction, but they mm-hmm. did. It was a pretty insane match, a lot of you know crazy jumping around by Prince Puma. Mm-hmm. Like Mil Muertes is just a beast. And yeah, and I I was shocked because Puma had held on to the title for so like all year, yeah, and he had beaten. He had beaten so many big name dudes that they spent all this time establishing Puma that it was shocking to see him lose like that. Yeah, the, I think the only match he lost this year was Grave Consequences, mm-hmm. and that was thanks to magic help and, <laughs> and betrayal. Mm-hmm. And when he came back, it seemed like he was even more powerful with the power of mm-hmm. death and, <laughs> and earthquakes. And so he's just such a scary dude that he does. He is like their Undertaker. Yeah. And their Brock Lesnar. Well, the entire gimmick is that he's like he was dead in an earthquake or something. Yeah, and, yeah. And they can't killed his family. Yep. And then his rock, like the rock, is from the earthquake or something. Yep, right? yeah. yep. It's all. <laughs> I like his. I like Mel Mortis's backstory, and he's also just a great wrestler who's mean as fuck. But mm-hmm. I expected him to win just because it seemed like the story was Phoenix Woman, Gift of the Gods. 
and next season, the, I guess the story will be Mil Muertes versus mm. versus Phoenix because it's the the man who represents death versus the man who is born again over and over again, mm. and it's. And also, I wondered if they took the title off Puma because they weren't sure they could get Ricochet back for another season. Yeah, that's entirely possible. As I was talking about earlier, like Ricochet is just like, yeah, I'm free again. See ya. Like, I, I, I did my work for six months with you guys. Yeah. And also that the other thing is that they, you know, it's a very, you don't have to be Hispanic to be a big deal in Lucha mm-hmm. Underground, but it is a very Hispanic style thing. Yeah. And the way they were booking Prince Puma, like he was wearing a mask, but I feel like he was supposed to be red as Hispanic on mm-hmm. some level or, or as part of that ancestry, yeah. but he's not, yeah. you know, <laughs> it's, it, and he couldn't ever talk for himself. He always had F Conan do his uh, oh, stuff. Yeah. For him. You see how much I like affect the Lucha underground. Yeah. Of me? I said Conan, even though I would have in the thanks, past said Cause you, you did it when I did not at all. So, uh, yeah, thanks for doing that. And that'll do it for our, uh, NJPW and Lucha Underground talk. We'll be back. Both great stuff. Yeah. If you prefer the cozy confines of WWE, we'll be talking about uh, the upcoming events in the next segment. Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling will return after these messages. Um, Let's bring this next guy out. I think you're really going to like him. Stardust is big. Stardust is bold. Stardust is covered with a layer. for Cheap Podcast episode number 56. This is your host, Dave Rudden. Now, in the uh, upcoming segment, we'll be talking about SummerSlam and uh, NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. There's actually another match that's been added to SummerSlam. There's going to be 10 matches at this whole show. They added Dolph Ziggler versus Rusev, so you won't hear us talking about that in the next segment, but you will be able to see us play it because we're going to be streaming WWE 2K15. You can check out the archive at youtube.com slash network. I'm not going to say we're going to hit all 10 because that is a hell of a lot. But you can check out a ton of great videos on that page, including a recent trip that uh, Henry, Chris, and I took to Tenny's to review the, the Slamtastic 4, uh, Fantastic Four spinoff menu. Well, it didn't really sit well in our stomachs, but it was very fun to do. You can check out all of our old streams, some uh, original videos like that on our YouTube page. 
Uh, we have our Patreon, patreon.com slash lasertime, where you can get a ton of bonus shows, including bonus time, with another hour of Henry, Chris, and I, and sometimes guests talking about uh, the goings-on of our week and other random things that have captured our attention over the last few days. And this, this week, we actually have a pretty neat uh, chat with one of our patrons, Aziz Tuajeri. I'm sure that's not how his last name is pronounced, but that's how I'm going to pronounce from now because that's uh, his Twitter handle. So give him a follow, too, because he's, he's an interesting dude. We got to chat with Aziz about uh, what life is like in Saudi Arabia and how to tackle pop culture and dating and things like that. But beyond that, there's also Monday Night Movies. Uh, every Monday night, we stream us reacting to a movie live, and uh, you can watch uh, along with us and uh, add in your own chatter, or you can download it later as an MP3. And last but not least, if you donate at the $10 level, every other week we have a wrestling match commentary with me and Henry and sometimes Chris and sometimes other guests where we discuss classic matches. We've been doing a, a run of SummerSlam matches. We, we've done HBK versus Triple H at SummerSlam 2002, Hulk Hogan versus Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam 2005. And if you want to hear our uh, unedited thoughts about uh, Hulk Hogan's recent controversies, there you go. Uh, we also did John Cena versus Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam 2013, which is a, an event that Henry and I were live at, so we got that added little element there. We broke a little bit with tradition to, to do Roddy Piper versus Bret Hart at WrestleMania 8, but uh, I thought it was worth it to talk about the life and times of Roddy Piper. And we have one more SummerSlam match coming up for the day after SummerSlam. It'll land on uh, Patreon.com slash laser time so please keep an ear open for that please keep an ear open for every laser time show including laser time this week this week is a great episode about snl characters in movies uh vg empire is barreling down on 100 uh, they just we just did an episode about pilot wings uh, cape crisis had phil kohler on this week talking about his review on polygon for fantastic four uh vg apocalypse i will be on this week with uh, Michael and the gang, and of course you know this show, Cheap Podcast. Thanks for listening to it, and thanks for listening to this break. Now I'm going to let you get back to the rest of this episode. Now back to Hulk Hogan's Rock and Wrestling. I feel like we're going to be talking a lot about, and we'll be previewing these matches in many different ways over over the next few days. And uh, we're going to be talking about it during the segment. We're also going to be doing a wrestling or SummerSlam preview stream with WWE 2K15. Yeah, 
in its uh, last few months of relevance. <laughs> and, of course, we also have our predictions contest. But I figured since uh, we still have a few days before it happens and, it, and pretty much both cards, cards are, solidified are, so, are solidified, that we'd go through both NXT TakeOver Brooklyn and SummerSlam. Yeah. SummerSlam, which is going to be four hours this year. Whew, so, so really, five hours with the pre-show. Yeah. You think you're going to have pre-show matches? I well, they already have. I, I mean, think, Mountain Dew Kickstarter matches. They already have nine matches slated. Boy, so boy, I, I mean, I'm looking forward to hearing this list because, like, there's a lot I don't remember being booked for, for yeah. SummerSlam. But meanwhile, NXT seems really exciting too. And it's also only going to be two hours, like every single other NXT mm-hmm. event, which is nice. Even though it'll be in uh, the same arena where is it SummerSlam? Yeah, Barclay. Barclay. They're yeah, both at they're yeah. both in Barclay. And I think Raw is too, which is weird. Like just going to the yeah. same place three nights in a row, which I well, like. I mean, it, they have the same fucking setup for each night, so like yeah. they don't. That is an annoying thing that everything but WrestleMania has has the Raw yeah. and, and SmackDown yeah, setup. That, I know they got to save money, but eh, whatever. But I can't wait to see how how NXT looks in a big arena. Yeah, if they do, if they kind of. I, I love how much the Florida people are are were mad about takeover happening in Brooklyn because I think they're realizing it is over. Like the yeah. little NXT that was their secret and they mm. could love so much, like. It's not their secret anymore. Yeah. The secret's out, and it's a real touring thing that can sell out the fucking Barclay Center. Yeah. So it's a lot bigger than Florida now, mm-hmm. which is too bad. Now, if I move back to Florida like next year, they probably <laughs> won't even be doing that yeah. anymore. Like, I'm not going to move back. They're, to I think they'll still do tapings there, but yeah. like, you probably won't ever see like a title change or a big mm-hmm. event there. Ah, man, what if they do take the tapings on the road Ugh. too? That'd be nuts. Know. But all right, well, let's yeah. Get so let's go through the card. The NXT yeah. Takeover. What's the subtitle Bro- for just this? Brooklyn? And he actually oh, take over Brooklyn. Wow, man, they're really shoving Brooklyn in your face yeah. with this. Thing. <laughs> you know, NXT is WWE's version of indie, so why not embrace Brooklyn for it? Well, isn't it also interesting that like they're doing it? It's another one of the things where they, I think, they double booked it the same day with ROH, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, I do think not just that NXT is literally buying mm-hmm. ROH talent and making them their stars. But they keep booking their NXT things on the same night yeah. as ROH with XROH stars in the top. And so mm-hmm. it's it's just so weird that, like, I think it's, I don't think WWE would ever say it, but they're like, we're kind of troubled by ROH. Yeah. And we're trying to strangle this baby in the cri- in the crib. <laughs> well, uh, let's start in a <laughs> match. Let's start with a match that, if, that features a former Ring of Honor wrestler, mm-hmm. Samoa Joe against Baron Corbin. Is that the fucking opener? I and, uh, it's opener. just the right, first thing listed. But, yeah, okay. And it's probably the least um, notable match yeah. on the card. There is uh, Apollo Crews, who is um, oh, Uha Nation yeah. on the Indies. He's going to have his first match. I can't there. wait to see this. They like, haven't revealed who his opponent is going to be. It's got to be. I'm betting Sol- unless Solomon Crow has yeah, a match I'm betting. Or, I, or maybe uh, Bull Dempsey. Yeah, and Bull Dempsey's being kind of a good guy. I, I think so I Solomon think Solomon. Crow, I think Solomon Crow is the new CJ Parker. Other people yeah. have said this too, but I think he is for what he'll be used for. I think yeah. he's the new CJ Parker. Yeah. But okay. Well, yeah. Let's just say real quick, Apollo Cruz. I can't wait to see him. I've seen little clips of Uha Nation, yeah. and and Uha Nation is coming in with the same kind of like buzz that mm-hmm. Kevin Owens and Finn Balor and Hideo Itami had of just like. You people who only watch WWE, you don't know how awesome this guy is. When he comes in, you will be starstruck at how yeah. good he is. Yeah. And just like a big dude who can move around. Yeah. Basically. And, and unlike um uh Mac, oh, yeah. he actually has like a, a, he has good, a good physique body too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is what Vince demands. Yeah. He likes his men to have good bodies. 
But uh, Samoa Joe, I mean, uh, that, that, so, he, he seems like a lock to win that match. Baron- he, I hope. I hope. I got to say, I was at the last takeover, I was one of the people who gasped with excitement mm-hmm. at Samoa Joe's arrival. And it's not really done much since. They haven't done much with him. I've heard people theorize that it's because he still had some independent dates out mm-hmm. and WWE didn't want to fully invest in him yeah. after that. And also then... It seemed like he was going to be facing Kevin Owens, and then at the same time, they just shoved Kevin Owens onto Raw. Yeah. So they really had to just speed up the Kevin Owens timetable, and he didn't have time to wrestle Samoa Joe all that much. Mm-hmm. And now Joe is like, the my issue with Joe and Corbin is that it is taking the exact same series that Rhino Corbin yeah. and Bull Dempsey Corbin to an extent had, which is just Corbin beats people in meaningless nothing. Mm-hmm matches and that he shouldn't be wrestling anymore and he beat rhino which pissed me off it pissed me off it pissed me off at the at san jose and it pissed me off now too he does have a good finisher i like that it's good it takes a lot like a lot of like impressive momentum to do yeah though i also like we saw him struggle with that with bull dempsey Mm -hmm. on an unedited show to take overs back Mm -hmm. i definitely don't think he can do it to samoa joe's chubby butt but (laughs) But also, yeah, Samoa Joe is like, I love Samoa Joe. I also say that saying that I have barely watched his matches from the last six years, but I still love Samoa Joe. Yeah. And I want him to do great, and I want him to be a big deal in WWE, though I think he never will be allowed to be a real big deal there. Uh, and, yeah, I just want to see him kill Baron Corbin. I think it'd be, if that was the opening match uh, or one of the opening matches, I think the audience would go big for that because... Mm-hmm. I, I think NXT is recognizing that Baron Corbin like sucks, or that people hate Baron Corbin. Yeah, so I, they, they've started to book him that way, where his like yeah. his whole thing is like, what do these indie guys matter? Like I was, I played football, and I am like physically dominant, and I yeah. win my matches really quick. So I'm, I'm awesome. Yeah, I'm awesome. Yeah. I'm WWE awesome, not yeah. like these fat indie guys. Yeah. Fuck that, man. And that was the same. I mean, that is why I booed him at San Jose, mm-hmm. even though those girls <laughs> behind us were like giving me a guilt trip for. Like, it's developmental, guys. It's developmental. I was like, I don't fucking care. Like, also, don't put him in front of the most hardcore, hardcore fans in all of WWE. Don't have him face an ECW original. Like, don't. That's a huge mistake. Anyway, I want, I want, I do want Joe to beat him. I'm worried he might not, but, but Joe's career in in NXT is like dead if he can't beat Corbin. So he fucking won't better. Well, dead in a different way. Sasha Banks versus Bailey. I think like, you know, Sasha is on the main roster, so I think yeah. like this is the end of her title reign and it's kind of it's like been a great title reign. Yeah, and it is almost like kind of the like the handing off of uh mm. the division because I think, you know, her and Becky Lynch and Charlotte, you they're know, the four horsewomen. That's what yeah. they call themselves. Yeah. And but they're also they're in the Kevin Owens boat of like you're Basically on the roster full time now. You'll put yeah. in a couple cameos, but you're not. You're never going to. We'll be send you down NXT. to Orlando for a few months to do the tapings, yeah. but you've pretty much left NXT. Yeah. I, you know, I don't like these soft launches or soft transitions. Mm-hmm. I liked it much better when like Neville had like Neville yeah. lost the title, and then Neville had <laughs> some really good matches in NXT up until WrestleMania. Yeah. Then he was gone, and we saw his last NXT match. Yeah. And then, boom, he's on fucking Raw. Like, he's not an NXT guy anymore. Like, yeah, but I feel like doing the soft, the, that has worked out better over the last mm-hmm. few months, just with Owens and the, the three NXT women. I will say wrestlers. the soft, I, I will say the soft <clears throat> launch, like, with the the ladies and with the, 
and with Owens is that the soft launch lets them be almost exactly their NXT character. Mm-hmm. Neville kind of... Well, Neville didn't have a ton of character in NXT anyway, but there definitely seemed to be a clear delineation of Adrian Neville and Neville. Mm. Not exactly yeah. the same person. though. But when Kevin Owens shows up, he's like, I'm Kevin Owens, and I'm the NXT champion, and fuck you. Yeah. And Sasha and and the and 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 all of them show up to be like yeah we're from NXT mm-hmm. and we're we're actually good wrestlers mm-hmm. not like you shitty women mm-hmm. we're we can actually wrestle matches <laughs> yeah it's it's sad to me i feel bad for bailey that she is got the short them? end yeah. of the stick she got like she really is the sami zayn of uh, of the NXT ladies like yeah. she she gets she just falls a little bit short falls a little bit short but i, I well i mean i think it's going to it won't happen at this. So this is one of the more like no, she, the more predetermined. Yeah. yeah, she'll she'll win and we'll incredible nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I mean it's so great seeing seeing her beats like the story of her. She has to beat Charlotte, mm-hmm. then she has to beat Becky, yeah. and now she has to beat Sasha. It's just it really is a great solidifying of the character of Bailey. I and I'm sure this match will be excellent. Yeah. So good. These two are great. Like Sasha has amazing matches with everybody really and bailey is bailey is not too far behind in skill level and also they're gonna this is probably the biggest audience they've ever wrestled in front of Mm -hmm. and they're really gonna try hard especially like because this is this should be the arrival of bailey yeah and i i more so just fear i predict she's gonna win too it seems pretty obvious i'm more just afraid of like who's left if, her yeah if 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 charlotte becky and, and sasha really are just gone and they're mm-hmm. not going to be in the next round of tapings who's left like emma mm-hmm. dawn dana brooke dana brooke almost said dawn marie eva that's marie. a different person eva marie uh, so yeah you got emma a great wrestler uh garbage garbage blue pants <laughs> alexa bliss who doesn't really wrestle yeah <laughs> and uh and then now there's two recent tires that uh, uh, of women that apparently are pretty good too. Yeah. People have been talking about them on the but it's like, yeah the indie circuit. You know, like uh, Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch weren't really like a major part during the early days of NXT mm-hmm. when it was Paige, Paige, and, yeah, like, and, and, and also Nikki. Natty would yeah. come in too and wrestle yeah. a bit. Nikki, I meant Natty, yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just a changing of the guard. I think like there's mm-hmm. definitely a lot of women talent in wrestling that WWE will probably just snatch up and throw into yeah. uh, NXT. People talk about the Divas <clears throat> Revolution, which is a stupid hashtag, and I hate it. And I also hate that, like, Sasha Banks should in no way be slumming it with a loser like mm-hmm. Tamina. And the Sasha Banks I mm-hmm. know would say, I am the leader of Team Bad. You should be happy I'm even here. Yeah. Naomi, who are you to even act mm-hmm. like you're my, my mm-hmm. boss? Fuck all of you. <laughs> like... That's how good Sasha is, and that she hasn't done that yet has kind of pissed me off. And I'll be happy if once SummerSlam is over, they just stop this whole, like, we're three teams of Mm. women who do things. Mm. Like, if they actually, if they could have two concurrent women storylines of, and I I am specifically saying women and not Mm. divas because I hate that term. If they had two specifically women storylines at the same time, that would be a revolution. Uh, so let's move on to the next match, which I think, like Bailey, it will kind of be just a payoff of like a, a in this case, it's a team, but with Bailey, it's a, a single person who's been toiling around for years and still hasn't mm-hmm. won a title. Uh, the Vaude Villains against Blake and Murphy. Blake and Murphy, who I just thought like would be the most transitional champions. I'm sure, been. too. They've yeah. actually been like, I mean, they're not as long reigning as the yeah. Ascension, yeah. but uh, they've. Why isn't this team soft? 
Yeah. And what are well, Kaz I, and Enzo doing? It, I, they'll probably do something at Takeover just because. I mean, they'll it, do their they'll do their DX chant, like yeah. they'll do the. Well, I think people think that they're going to be called up very soon, and it's entirely possible they could get called up the night after SummerSlam because yeah. they'll be in the New York tri-state area, mm-hmm. so that'll go over really well. well I mean, because they're super <laughs> New Yorky dudes. But <laughs> also, this is in Brooklyn, so I think the the, the team of guys with like fancy mustaches <laughs> and uh, they're more fitting than. The, yeah, and the Guidos. Yeah, I guess so. That makes sense. Yeah. But I mean, I at least hope we get to hear Kaz and Enzo do their thing. I mean, and Brooklyn I, would be nice. Yeah, I never got to see. I never went to a live Attitude Era thing, mm-hmm. so I've never gotten to do the whole spiel with the New Age Outlaws. Yeah. But getting to do it with with yeah, Soft was, was pretty fun. Also, I will say I like the. I actually kind of like. I think Alexa Bliss really did make their team work. Yeah. Like, because, and I I don't mean this in a homophobic way, but Blake and Murphy are gay. Mm. Like, they, <laughs> they they are a couple, mm. but they don't admit it. Like, mm. they've, they're like, oh, no, we're totally not gay. We're, we're into you, Carmella. Like, yeah. no, you're not. Come on, guys. You're in love with each other. And so then they bring in Alexa for this, like, weird working relationship of, like, well, you're our beard. And she's like, okay, but I'm also pretty intense. And I'm yeah. going to tell you guys to... <laughs> beat the shit out of people if i say so mm-hmm. i also alexa me like her being a bad guy was the right move mm-hmm. i i like that a lot i'm glad she's not blowing glitter anymore so <laughs> i kind of wouldn't mind them retaining honestly like the the vaude villains have always just been a step above mechanics tag yeah. team not the literal tag team mm-hmm. the mechanics from nxt <laughs> though also i hear nxt has really been like heating up their tag division yeah they got uh Mojo Raleigh and Zack Ryder are a team, mm-hmm. and there's also this other team, which is even more homoerotic. Chad Gable yeah, and Jason Gable. Jordan, which yeah. was basically weeks of, like, you need <laughs> a partner. Him. I want to be your partner. And this uh-huh. guy's like, no, nah, I'm going to try these partners. And then he's like, no, you want me as your partner. <laughs> and he, every time he would give him his towel, because his towel said Gable on it, but it was just I like, ever Chad Gable is, like, the next Kurt Angle. They are great. Like, they're about. a great tag team, and they do a lot of, like, Matt stuff, and they have a really good, like, tag finisher. That's why I love yeah. in general that NXT is, like, yeah, these guys need to have fucking tag finishers. All of them, it it pisses me out. I love I, lo- I love the primetime players, mm-hmm. but their finisher should not be if the other guy hits their finisher. Like yeah. they, they they do have a good tag team move, but it's a tag signature, not mm-hmm. a finisher. Like I know not everybody can have you know the Dudley destruction device, but just have you know have some yeah. have some. The next match on the card is Jushin Thunder Liger. Yeah. Uh, Making seemingly a one-time only appearance to face Tyler Breeze, which I... It's I a hot Ty- import. Yeah, and the fact that Liger is like 50 years old, yep. I want Tyler Breeze to win this. And I don't know if you bring in a guy like that for one match only and have him knowing what I mean, I, they did for Sting, but... Liger does lose matches in Japan. Like, he is on... He's not totally just like, oh, I'm the guy everybody can respect, and so I shouldn't lose, but... But he's not going to lose his first and perhaps only WWE match. Mm-hmm. Well, meanwhile, Tyler Breeze is like, he loses everybody. Yeah. And it doesn't change much. Also, I did like how um, Matthew of Botchamania pointed mm-hmm. out that, again, the homoeroticism on NXT keeps coming back. But the multiple scenes where Tyler Breeze like sneaks into William Regal's office and is like, asking him for a match it's just there are weird undertones yeah. to their whole back and forth which which i think what regal is like leaning into because yeah. he, he enjoys it <laughs> but uh but anyway yeah i think the another thing i didn't like about all right uh, mm. uh one small annoyance to me 
was that there was a video of Liger saying like, I'm super excited to, it was just like this kind of cheesy, like almost phone taped thing. I'm saying like, I am so excited to go to WWE and wrestle. (laughs) It was subtitled and I'm not saying I know Japanese, but I know enough to know he did not say WWE universe. And the fact (laughs) that it got localized to WWE universe really pissed me off. He said something like, Mina no WWE fanu. Like, he was talking about the people who are the fans of WWE, which, of course, the WWE machine puts into universe, which I hate that word so much. All right, so we have one more Brooklyn match, and then we're going to do lightning round for SummerSlam. All right. Uh, so, yeah, the main event for Brooklyn is Finn Balor against Kevin Owens for the NXT title. And even though this one seems like Owens <sighs> should uh, lose because he is full-time, I think there's a chance he wins this just so, he, like, his SummerSlam match means more. And it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. I I don't know. I hope he I wouldn't mind I want Owens to stick around more because I think he's much better in NXT than he is in WWE these days. I'm getting a little tired of hearing him get called fat by by Randy Orton, that's for sure. Uh but I also think Finn will not lose his first title defense. Mm. I like that it's gonna be I think they just made it a ladder match just to say like yeah, this matters more. This isn't just a normal defense. We never do gimmick matches in NXT. So we're making this special. Mm-hmm. I do feel, I feel for Kevin that he will have ladder matches are never fun and they tear yeah. your ass apart and that he then has to have a SummerSlam match the very next night yeah. against against Cesaro, mm-hmm. which I can't see being easy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I feel for Owens in that regard. I, I could see Owens getting some chicanery <clears throat> in there. Mm-hmm. But Finn is not Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn is the the guy with the with the hard luck loser that mm-hmm. we all root for, who he can lose his title in his first real defense. That doesn't yeah. happen with Finn Balor. I don't know. He's, man, he's just imagine very him doing much imagine, like Sami Zayn. I think like no way, man. You know, he's he he's the cool back. kid, man. He's a badass. Plus, the, the demon has to lose at some point, and why he's not? He's not going to be demon. Yeah. Well, yeah, he, I feel like the demon should be seen three times a year at mm-hmm. most, and. Him pulling out the demon in Japan totally makes sense. But if every takeover he's just going to be the demon, overkill, man. But then it's also like, why wouldn't he be the demon for the biggest number of fans NXT's ever had? Mm-hmm. It's a tough call. But the demon, I also don't want the demon to lose. Just imagine, though, him doing the coup de gras yeah. off the top of the ladder. Yeah. Oh, my God, that'd be great. All right, so we're going to go through SummerSlam rather quick because it's there's nine matches announced mm. for it. A uh, lot of them are tag matches that are inconsequential. We'll have an entire stream dedicated to replicating most of these matches. Uh-huh. So, Henry, I'm going to there's I'm going to limit you to like 30 seconds for All each right. match. Kevin Owens versus Cesaro. Uh, I say I say Kevin Owens, he cheats his way out of it. Cesaro keeps losing matches too often. I think it'll be another one of those things. I think it's that they're going for the slow burn kind of thing like they did with Daniel Bryan, who lost too many times. Yeah. And then eventually finally starts winning. Yeah. And yeah, no, in maybe that case he could Owens could lose and just like really be a like a house of fire in this yeah. match and, and win over Cesaro. I think it could be it he has the potential it. to be the best match of the night. He needs it after Cena too. Yeah. Uh, there's for the Intercontinental Championship, Ryback versus Big Show versus Miz. Hope they all just die in a fire uh, on the way to the ring, and they and then they just destroy the IC title because it is a curse belt, and that mm-hmm. curse needs to be broken. There should only I love the IC title way more than the US title, but it's nothing like yeah. it's deader than dead. As long it, as nobody it makes me sad. As long as nobody catches Ryback's staff infection, I'll be happy. <laughs> 
I think you'll just be Ryback, and who cares? Yeah. The Ryback. There's the celebrity match. Uh, yeah. Stephen Amell and Neville against Stardust and King Barrett. I'm real excited for this. Yeah. Stephen Amell is an actual athlete. Yeah. Like, you've seen him do shit in the ring, and he actually cares. Mm-hmm. And he is just famous enough that it is a big deal that he's there, but not too famous to say, oh, and I get to knock out Jericho in one punch. Yeah. Mickey Rourke. But, uh, I, I mean, I think any match that has... King Barrett in it. King he's Barrett's going to be on the losing side, and yeah. he's the one who's going to take the pin. So, yep. you know. absolutely, King Barrett is the suckiest <laughs> suck. He's he is big enough to be the jobber at a pay per view. Like our truth sucks yeah. so bad, they wouldn't even have him job at a pay per view. Barrett's right. at least at that level to be like, you can be the loser in this tag match. All right, next we match. Protect next, match. next match. The uh, nine person three team mm. elimination match. So each team will get one team gets eliminated, and then it's one on one. Three on Any three pin, match. Yeah. It's a uh, team Bella, which is the uh, Bella Twins and Alicia Fox versus mm-hmm. PCB, uh, Paige Charlotte and Becky Lynch and team bad, which is Naomi, Sasha Banks and Tamina. I think mm-hmm. team bad wins this. And I think it's also kind of a uh, bounce back from NXT. I, yeah. I think Sasha loses there. Her team wins. She probably gets the pin or the mm-hmm. submission. She to better. Win. She yeah. better. And that ought to be her announcement of like, I'm the leader of this team. Yeah. I think it'll come down to Charlotte and Sasha because I think they realize they are the rock and stone cold of this. Yeah. And I hope Nikki just like goes, eh, just leaves. Yeah. <laughs> also that just, just take the title belt off her. Have we hit, has she beat yeah. AJ's, no, AJ's title I think reign it's yet? November. So Ugh. Dude, I don't think they'll, I don't think they'll, who fucking yeah, cares? Man. I don't, I don't think they'll draw it. Drag it out. But anywho, next match. Uh, this is my official nominee for the pre-show match, the tag team championship match. Aww. Uh, New Day. But it's four or, guys. Yeah, Primetime players uh, who are defending their championships against Matadorius, the Lucha Dragons, and the New Day. Mm-hmm. Just like at WrestleMania. Four yeah. teams in a match. This one is an, is an elimination. Um, I think primetime players win just because it's, w- it's going to be pre-show. In WWE yeah. booking parlance, especially if it's a pre-show, yeah. a multi-team tag team match usually ends in a reta- retaining. Yeah. Though I think the New Day has been dancing up a storm and they like New Day gifts are the best and they'd look even better if they had the titles back. Yeah, maybe. and plus, plus in Brooklyn, I think, you know, People ironically will cheer for them, and they'll. Those <laughs> hipsters will love ironically cheering for them. Yeah. Uh, well, speaking of ironic cheering or, or lack thereof, Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose against Bray Wyatt and Luke Harper. What have, from what I've heard, like the reason that this match is happening like this is because Roman Reigns in a singles match in Brooklyn would you get booed, booed out of the plate. So the surround, give him. It, well, <clears throat> Roman works best with his buddy Dean Ambrose yeah. since the split up of the Shield. They work best when they're a tag team to remind each other, like, oh, yeah, this is why you liked Roman. Yeah. However, I've been reading theories on the internet saying that they've been setting up so hard oh, yeah. what good buddies Dean and Roman are. And maybe this is just to gaslight us into thinking it's going to happen. But I think Dean will join the Wyatt family. Mm. And for real, like not a Daniel Bryan type joining, but... Because Dean kind of should just be a bad guy. Yeah. Like, he's been aimless. He lost a fucking match to Luke Harper, like, yeah. just on TV. Like, a clean loss. Yeah. Like, but, I mean, at the very least. And he's filthy enough yeah. to join them. Like, yeah, they're, they're exactly. all gross. He just doesn't have He was beard. wearing the exact same clothes as Luke Harper for a bunch Ooh. of weeks. I mean, well, no, because they oh, both yeah. wear the wife beaters and, and yeah. jeans. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I have high hopes for this match just because this, this is two-thirds of, like, one of the best feuds of all time. So Seth Rollins yeah. makes a big difference, though. But I think. Eric Rowan does not. Yeah. But. So I think they'll cancel each other out. Yeah. I also just want... Luke Harper is the underrated best in the company, and he needs to be doing more stuff. Yeah. 
Um, I don't even think you'll need all 30 seconds for this. Randy Orton versus Sheamus. That's happening. I don't care. In a, in a, Sheamus has the cursed briefcase, so Randy Orton wins. Yeah. In a just world, that would be the pre-show match because everyone's already seen it a million times. No one cares. WWE doesn't lose much by showing it for free. They're uh, meaningless. Those two together, meaningless. Like they are top-level talents, both of them. But yeah. those two together, like no one cared. No mm-hmm. one's cared for six years now, and they still won't. In um, it's not being termed as a unification match, but both titles are on the line. It's a. Uh, it's it's title for John, title. John Cena against Seth Rollins, both the U.S. Championship and World Heavyweight Championship are on the line. People are saying, like, oh, if they're doing it that way, then then it's a disqualification or a yeah. count out or, like, something where the titles don't change hands. Yeah, I think – and it's not the main event, so I think that it will they'll be more relaxed in giving a bullshit finish to it. Yeah. But, yeah, I think Seth Rollins has been booked to be a goober, mm. even though after he need – John Cena in the face. I think, honestly, his new finish should just be a knee. That should be his actual finish. Yeah, and it's It's, not like Daniel Bryan's going to use it anytime soon. Well, he hits a knee differently anyway. But, yeah, title for title match. John Cena, this won't be his 16th win. He's not going to – this won't be when it happens, I don't think. And he shouldn't lose the U.S. title either. Because, I mean, as soon as – once his nose is normal again, he he should keep doing those – U.S. Open challenges, and that's where yeah. he should lose it because it just feels like that would be. It the should best be a way. shocking return of somebody, and or a shocking premiere by somebody who yeah. then wins it off of him. It shouldn't be in a SummerSlam match. And yeah. and lastly, I also say that uh, John Cena is at his weakest at SummerSlam. It's, yeah, he's, he he well, used to be in the old days. I think Taker was at his weakest at SummerSlam. Yeah, but uh, though also I wonder if Cena will win this one because he had losses, clean losses at the last two SummerSlams. Yeah. And what was the one before that? Did he lose to Punk at that one? No, the one before that, too, he lost to Punk. Yeah, in that but he wasn't the one Triple pinned. threat. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I think I think Cena will just lose again, or he just <laughs> he won't win. Yeah. And maybe, maybe guest host Jon Stewart will cause some problems there. I'm thinking it'll be a big swerve, and he'll yeah. have been on Seth Rollins' <laughs> side all along. Uh, so let's move on to the main event, which with yes. the guy who rarely loses at SummerSlam, Brock hmm. Lesnar, yep. against The Undertaker. He is Superman at SummerSlam. Yeah. I don't think he's ever lost at SummerSlam. Yeah. Well, I, I think he lost once in between, like, one against The Rock in 2002. I think he lost to Kurt Angle, like, the next year or the year after yeah. that. Yeah, okay, fine. So, yes, yeah, so he, he, he does have one loss on his record. But I know that, but... He beat Rock. He demolished John Cena. He beat Triple H. Yeah. And here we are. And CM Punk. And here we are with Undertaker. This match definitely should be the main event. Yeah. Having Taker wrestle, honestly, having Taker wrestle at something that isn't WrestleMania is more special than seeing him in WrestleMania. Yeah. And his return has been great. <laughs> However, he is an old man who, even if he's in better shape than he was at 30, I don't care how much dark magic he has, <laughs> the aging Undertaker should not cleanly defeat Brock Lesnar. Yeah. The end. That yeah. shouldn't. I don't, happen. Yeah, I don't think. It, I don't think it'll happen either. Like again, yeah. now that we know Brock Lesnar is going to be around for a while, yep. it doesn't really do him a service to lose to Undertaker. Like unless you know it's Undertaker's last match. Like that should mm. be Undertaker's last match. Is him finally yeah. vanquishing, and like maybe that'll add to the like the intrigue when they. I mean, they're totally going to face. I feel very certain Brock Taker is WrestleMania 32. Mm. Also, and so in my prediction, I'm taking that into account. I think Brock will beat Taker here, yeah. but it'll be much more competitive. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe like it, even a cheaty victory. Maybe him just being extra mean, yeah. but not like 
Paul Heyman tripping Undertaker or whatever. They, I think Undertaker will at least say, like, this is the match we should have had at 30. This is a quality yeah. match I can be proud of. Not his best match of his career, but not one where he gets concussed immediately. Yeah. But also, Brock Lesnar suplexes everybody. He can't do that to Taker. I don't care how good a shape Taker's in. Four, a fourth German suplex ends that match because he's like, nope, I am, I am unconscious now. Yeah, like I'm just again, I'm a 50 year old man. Yeah. I wrestle two times a year. I am beaten to shit. I have two fake hips. I can't do this anymore. Yeah, I mean, from like a, I have no idea what's going to happen perspective. I am looking forward to this match. The mm-hmm. end. It's not the easiest one to predict, and it's no. also like I don't know how they're going to have a great match together. They, they have to really, it, but they has to make it better than last time. And like, yeah. how do you do that without like making it suplex based? Because that's what all mm-hmm. of Brock Lesnar's matches have been lately. Brock needs a, a young guy he can tear apart. Yeah. That's that's why his Roman Reigns match was much better than it should have been because Reigns could just get like beat to shit yeah. by Brock, and it was meant to at least give us more respect for Roman. That yeah. Roman like Roman can take a beating, and maybe he could have won even. I also don't think Brock's first loss since. Beating the Undertaker yeah. should be to the Undertaker. Yeah. That that just feels like in a robberist or something. Like yeah. it's like it's, yeah. it, it doesn't pay off anything. It doesn't make a new star. Yeah, I, I hope Brock. I hope Brock beats Taker. But in a competitive match, it's way better than their thirty match. And then it can down the line set up at Dallas in front of his hometown mm-hmm. crowd in a specifically announced to be his retirement match. Yeah. Undertaker will face Brock and say, "If I can't beat you." Or I, I'm going to quit, but yeah. I can't do it without beating you, kid. Yeah. Uh, that'll do it for our predictions. And this episode of Cheap Popcast, we'll be back next week with the whole recap of it, all this stuff and see how wrong we were. Besides this, there's plenty of uh, wrestling stuff this week to look forward to. We'll have that stream. I'll have the uh, predictions piece on uh, lasertimepodcast.com. Uh, you donate to us at the $10 level. There's so many uh, wrestling commentaries that we've done already, a mm-hmm. lot for SummerSlam, for some of the best SummerSlam matches ever. So uh, our farewell to Rowdy Parker so, yeah. as well. Um, but do you have some other plugs you'd like? Uh, to put? Well, yeah, I mean, there's Laser Time. Obviously, you should be listening to that. If I can't imagine you're not. Uh, but also, there's Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast I host every week, and you should definitely listen to our most recent one where we heavily dissect the Fantastic Four film with guest Phil Kohler, who I think I really hope we have on here one of these days because he's a he's a big time wrestling fan too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there's that. There's also VG Empire, VG Game Apocalypse, all that great stuff. Cool. All right. So, uh, to play us out, uh, Dot Flist, you wrote an article oh, recently about how he started to bra- reach into uh, WWE themes. Mm-hmm. I think early in the episode, we'll have played the Stardust theme, but uh, you just put out a John Cena theme, which is really great. It's and, better uh, than Stardust, I think. You know, I don't. Dot Flist admits he doesn't know a lot about wrestling, but he really captures the essence of these wrestlers mm-hmm. in these songs, and that's what we're going out with. Yeah, please subscribe to Dot Flist on uh, YouTube and follow him on Twitter and Facebook. Buy his thing and buy his stuff off yeah, Bandcamp. Yeah, he does great, weird music, and uh, I really like it. So, John Cena taking us out. We'll see you next week. John Cena, John Cena, John Cena, John Cena, John Cena! Come on, everybody, and bring your hands together for the John Cena.
the John Cena, bringing you the hottest action you have ever seen in your whole life. <laughs> 